Blog Talk Radio. Hello listeners, welcome to another internet broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Chanahan, a paranormal spiritual observer, psychic reader, and channeler. Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. Mercedes, an accomplished paranormal investigator, spiritual feeler, and solitary practitioner. The Unexplained World is a location where the line between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Hello listeners, welcome to the November 2nd, 2008 internet broadcast of The Unexplained World. With your host, Ed Shanahan, it's me, Annette, a forever past life and present life close friend, a high priestess, and I gotta tag around, turn around, a high priestess who's very attractive, be it in the photos on our website or the videos on our websites. Also, in person, doing readings, driving a Harley or what I missed in the past, her oil wrestling match. Hello, Annette. <laughs> <laughs> it was jello wrestling. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's still gooey and messy well, yeah. and... You're really trying to sell me as a sex symbol tonight. <laughs> I'll go ahead. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. Okay. Um, and we got Mercedes, a respected... She's probably waiting to see what I say. A respected personal... <laughs> Hang on, Investigator for Indiana Ghost Tractors. As those who've met her on our Paranormal Nights... Yeah, she assists, assists me. Assist, uh, that's not right. Yeah, she is a paranormal feeler also. Uh, those who've met her know she also falls under the title of being attractive and uh, taught that with a tomboy attitude, and I'm sure a scrapper also, uh, um, who's becoming more known in the local paranormal scene and also a friend. Hello, Mercedes. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, Okay. Well, at least you didn't hang up. <laughs> yeah. No, I was waiting. Oh. Where is this going? Yeah. Oh, hi, Mercedes. How are you, honey? Hi, Annette. How are you? Good, good. Mercedes has a little sore throat and stuff, so uh, yeah. uh, if it sounds like she's struggling a little, that is why. All right. Um, all right. Now, well, listeners, don't just take my words for the fact about the ladies being pretty. Uh, the two ladies are, and you can visit theunexplainedworld.com. You knew there had to be a plot payoff there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> theunexplainedworld.com, and in the section with our videos and radio show, you can see for yourself. Um, Annette and Mercedes, I'd like to come up. I've come up with an idea while I was writing this out uh, today. Okay? Do you want to hear it? It would, love it would, yeah, it, it'd be like a promo piece, okay? That's why I'm looking at it. It's a promo piece for the show. Uh, also, listeners and chatters, let us know if uh, if it would be an interest to you. Um, and you could do so on the chat board. Um, and if you're listening to the archives later, you can also leave a comment there. 
Okay, ladies, you ready for this? And remember, it's a promo piece. Okay. Um, <laughs> put, your, put on your seatbelt, Mercedes. And since, you know, both of you have got, you know, I've seen, I I seen Annette do the bouncer thing. Uh, she's got Tomboy and her, too, at heart. Uh, and that opens all kinds of doors. And if we, what do you think if we do a promo piece with some type of video with you, too? Think about it. Doing what? Are we going to wrestle? Uh, Is that no, what you want no, us to do? No. Leave your <laughs> mind It could be a different. It could be different things, like a series. You know. Um, you know <laughs> Dwarf crossing like one day, Jello wrestling the next. Right, <laughs> riding Harley's another day. Because you know. Uh, <laughs> Drag racing, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think I'm in. Sure, I'll do it. Okay. You guys live near each other. You two could discuss it, okay? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's I, I, that, that top in my head. It's like uh, because Blog Talk is saying we should do, you know, people should do stuff on um, with the different videos to give exposure. And what's a better way of doing it? Okay. Um, so what you need from oh. us is a is a blog radio stunt. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> okay. That'd be good. Hmm. I'm sure the bonfire in the woods is out at night, right? That'd be so. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke, if you've heard us in the past, you know what it is. If you didn't, well, the rest of our listeners. Uh, okay, a few things uh, have to be given thanks for. First, I'd like to thank the many people who have made the Unexplained World radio broadcast their favorite show or have listed us as friends, okay? Thank um, you, people. Yeah. Annette, go ahead. We discussed what you were. Yeah, you know, I also want to um, thank the Worth Historical Society for graciously having us uh, at their Halloween event. Um, we were there together doing readings, um, Janelle and Rhonda, Myself and Ed were all there. Um, the Latin uh, Paranormal Society was there, and Latin American. They did a great job of kind of things. So I just want to say thank you to all the people that came out to get readings. I thought it was a wonderful night. Everybody there was just terrific, and they were really into listening to their readings, and it went just fabulously. So I just want to say thank you to the Historical Society, and thank you to everybody who, uh, who drove and came out to Worth. It was a really good night. Yeah, we had nearly 75 people came as far yeah. as Zion, even. I don't, you didn't even know that, Annette, but yeah, as far I as didn't. Zion. <clears throat> and I'd like to thank those who participated in exploring the paranormal that night. And also, like Annette said, Latin American Paranormal Society, which offered their input on the paranormal side. And all the hard workers of the Worth Park District slash Worth Museum, including... Christina Brooks, who basically runs the museum and her family, um, because it it was it was a rough night for them people to keep everybody to keep everything in line, and also What's the first time they've done something like that. It'd be easier next time. With that many people, yeah, 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 and also special thanks to her Janelle for her participating in the uh, Circle of Energy and the paranormal stuff. Okay, so, and to go even a little further, I would uh, like to thank 
Cigars and Stripes, because we had the readings on Saturday, Cigars and Stripes. I had a period on Tuesday night of that week, of last week, and uh, we had a great turnout there. I did readings straight for three hours. I'd like to especially thank Ron for providing a stage and everything else for me to do my thing at. And I'd like to uh, uh, thank uh, for Saturday, for the weekend, Tina, Candy, Dan, who is Tina's husband, Roseanne, for putting me up in their haunted house and a place does have spirits, okay? Um, a little girl, and I was in a room that, let's put it this way, um, the house was three owners, you know, three owners have owned it, and the room I was in, let's put it this way, I picked up there was some real good, you know, I said good, wild times in there. So uh, that Saturday night, I made sure I had a couple beers so I could go right to sleep, okay, <laughs> and not get no <laughs> visuals. Uh, also, the individuals I met and spent some time with, Kat, um, who basically rode out with us. Uh, she also helped uh, Tina and Candy, and I'll tell you with what in a little bit. Jesse and Arenas, and Arenas was a lady, real nice uh Real nice couple, um, and those who I read that night, and the Kenosha Paranormal with Candy and her family there, and also Jamie, who uh, spent out to a couple of our things we've done in the past. i got to say one thing. I was very, very impressed with Tina and Candy. They put together this uh, thing in the basement called The Cellar, and it was, it was very – it's supposed to be haunted – the ladies did, a, and, and I, you know, I'm into, you know, I guess you could say scrutinizing, you know, the Halloween haunted places, okay? Oh, yeah, because, oh, yeah, I know. <clears throat> yeah, because uh, it better provide. It's hard to find care. good things. Yeah, it's hard to find yeah. good facts. And the thing was, this was totally unique on how they presented it. And they made the simple, sometimes, as my wife would say, the simplest is almost the best. And uh, I was very, very, very impressed with what they did with the little bit they had. And uh, they made it, you know, very entertaining. And by that, it spooked, it spooked a couple people that I was down there with. Uh, one girl actually started crying in a, a little room that, you know, where you say that Mary, Mary, whatever, uh, to the mirror in that. And, very worth um, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they had another thing that was very impressive that I even questioned. Um, they had a bed, and it had to do with uh, legends and how, you know, as children we're afraid of what's underneath the bed, okay? Like urban and legends, they had, yeah. Yeah, they had these dolls on the bed, like Raggedy Ann choking another doll and all this other stuff. They had a bunch of them like that. And That's so creepy. Once, yeah, once they put on the strobe light, I'm looking, and... I actually had to ask them, are those things moving? Okay. I was that impressed. They did an excellent job. So that's, that is that. I, um, it takes a lot to impress me with the haunted houses, Halloween haunted houses, and that um, was it. Okay. All right. Our guest tonight is a Doctor Who fan, a major fan, and an expert, I guess you could say, on the subject and also a convention goer, Doctor Who convention goer. Um, and Doctor Who is coming to Chicago in November. And um, this will be a learning experience for me. 
Annette is pretty well up on who Doctor Who is. Mercedes, how about you? Do you know who Doctor Who is? Yeah, me and my mom used to watch the older Doctor Who when I was younger. Okay, right I guess. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back a little and uh, leave Bill and Annette and Mercedes take it. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Can you hear us, Bill? Did you hear me land? Oh, there you go. He <laughs> <laughs> Was that the TARDIS? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> the TARDIS is the machine that Doctor Who travels in, don't you know it? Yes, it is the uh, space-time vehicle. Uh, TARDIS stands for Time and Relative Dimension in Space. So it's an abbreviation of all those letters. And it's <laughs> bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's stuck in the uh, form of a British police box, tall blue box with the light on top. Very similistic. If you need help, call the police. <laughs> now, Bill, tell us, Doctor Who is a Time Lord, and so, of course, he drives the TARDIS. Now, tell us what a Time Lord is. Uh, basically, Time Lords are from the uh, planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casterberus. Uh They uh, sort of developed through uh, advanced scientific I guess they uh, breakthroughs and stuff to develop time travel, and I guess you could say they, they took it upon themselves to sort of be the um, managers of the whole web of time to make sure other races and people didn't, like, hijack it and do bad things to it. That's sort of the <laughs> basic of a Time Lord. Wonderful. Although they usually, they usually have a policy of non-interference unless it's going to be something very drastic, in which case they will make their presence known, but usually Time Lords just sort of sit back and observe things, record things, and just put it in this big, huge database called the, the Matrix. The Matrix is predecessor to the movies of the Matrix. But, uh, yeah, and uh, eventually, some point in time, they got into a war, and Gallifrey got destroyed. And the Doctor is now the last Time Lord left, supposedly. Right, because you never know what twist or plot. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit in reality, Bill. Um, Doctor Who started on the BBC in Great Britain. Is that proper? Is that right? right. Yes, it started November 23, 1963, which coincidentally is the day after President John F. Kennedy got assass- assassinated. Okay. So it's always been synonymous with the death of President Kennedy. Okay. And this um, year happens to be the 45th anniversary of the show. Wow. So it's, it was around even before I was watching it. You know, my favorite Doctor Who was Kenny Baker. I think it's, Tom probably Baker he is. Baker. I'm sorry, Tom what? Tom, Tom Baker. Baker. Oh, Kenny Baker is a guy He's from Kenny Baker sorry. Star Wars. Yes, he was R2-D2. R2-D2, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's been a while. Kenny's like, you know, around four foot, so it's easy to get. Right, right. <laughs> um, but Tom Baker was always my favorite character. Now, he was a That's Doctor Who that you see with the long scarf and the trench coat. Yep. He ate the jelly babies all the time. Yes. Bill, tell us a little bit about why Doctor Who changes his features, his body, etc. Tell us about how that works. 
it's another part of the whole Time Lord thing. Um, Time Lords have the ability to regenerate their bodies when it's either near death, it's really injured, sick, you know, something that causes them to basically die apart from getting their head cut off, which they can't really recover from. But basically anything that you would normally die from, their body institutes a sort of change mechanism that changes the whole body and you become a new person essentially. But you're still the same person, but you just look different. Maybe act a little different. But And Time Lords can do this regeneration 12 times, thus giving one Time Lord 13 different incarnations. And right now the Doctor is on his 10th incarnation, which would be actor David Tennant. Okay. Now, anybody um, who would like to start watching Doctor Who, how, what can they do? How can they see the new Doctor Who's? Well, actually, coincidentally, uh, starting, I think, next weekend, BBC America is now going to be showing uh, the fourth series of the current show of Doctor Who with David Tennant, and his companion will be played by, um, well-known in England, but not so much over here, a uh, British uh, comedian known as uh, Catherine Tate, play, re, re, actually reprising a role she did a couple years ago uh, by the name of uh, Donna Noble. And she played that originally in the Christmas special called The Runaway Bride from 2000. Okay, tell, tell us about the sidekick. Well, Donna uh, originally was sort of, uh, I used to say just brought into it out of the blue. She originally materialized out of the TARDIS because somehow her and the TARDIS shared some sort of ma- uh, magnetism. And then from there on, it was discovered that she was sort of... Uh, I guess you could say um, program, DNA manipulated, whatever you want to call it, into basically being a tool into this very giant spider's plan to basically hollow out the earth and reclaim the children underneath it. It was all big and crazy and explosive. And uh, <laughs> Does Doctor Who always uh, have a sidekick? Uh, pretty much. There's been a few occasions where the Doctor has traveled solo, but primarily he's had at least one, if not two or three companions. Back in the 1960s, started out with three, and then kind of varied back between two and three, until back in the 1970s and went down to pretty much one, maybe two companions at the most. I remember K-9 and Sarah James If I'm a kid master. (laughs) Oh, do it again. Affirmative, mistress. <laughs> K9 was an electronic. Well, you tell us. He was a dog, yes, right? He was, yes, he was basically a little robotic dog that the doctor picked up um, after uh, visiting a uh, one of the moons of Jupiter's bases. There was an incident in there where everybody was getting infected by this virus, and uh, the virus found a way to basically enlarge itself to normal human proportions, and. Uh, K-9 was uh, owned by a professor that was trying to kill this virus before it basically tried to reproduce. And he offered the dog up to the doctor as a sort of thank you. And K-9 was with the doctor for about three years. And coincidentally, when K-9 first showed up on television, it was around the time I was born. So we're both the same age. Oh, Billy K-9. <laughs> How many, i got to jump in here and ask a question. How many writers do they have for this show? Uh, tons. 
Yeah. We, uh, in the current series right now, we have sort of like the, the head writer, the showrunner, as it's called, and that right now is Russell T. Davies, who probably most known over here is coming up with the original version of uh, Queer as Folk, which the American version was done on Showtime. But he came up with the original version in England, and that's what he got his, got his name for through that. He also did a, a miniseries called Casanova, which also starred David Tennant as Casanova, the younger, and Peter O'Toole as Casanova, the elder. So he had a quite interesting little series on that. And that was basically the job that got David Tennant the role as the 10th Doctor after uh, the 9th Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, uh, only did one season, which was the 2005 season. Yeah, because I would imagine they would have to have a whole lot of writers just uh Yeah, they 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 tend to every season they tend to use maybe anywhere between six, seven writers. Uh Russell T. Davies tends to do about a third of the season himself. He'll do typically the Christmas specials, which are on obviously at Christmas. And yeah, I mean they I mean they have a few regular writers, but every year they tend to bring in two maybe three new ones outside you know, the they, Outside the circle and hmm? yeah, I was going to ask you. Do you know if they take uh, input from uh, people outside of the circle? I guess you could say, because I'm sure people are. You know, I imagine you are too, brainstorming how to you know how to make this more adventurous, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You mean they're trying to get input from the fandom side? No, they're trying. They're basically sticking to their own ideas. They are keeping certain fan aspects involved, but they are not basically going to the fans and saying, hey, what would you like in the show? They're not doing that. They are keeping everything self-contained within the production staff and the writers and just basically keeping everything to themselves until it's actually broadcast for everybody to view and discern for themselves. Okay, and now you could take it back talking about Doctor Who. It's about the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I know old school Doctor Who, not New Day, you know. Um, i got to ask one question, Bill. I'm so afraid of these guys. The Daleks, are they still around? They might very well be still around. Davros may still be around. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the fourth series or not of the current series of Doctor Who with David Tennant. You know, I've seen just a couple episodes. Okay, well, I'm not going to say anything. Because you can okay. watch it again. BBC America starting next weekend. Okay, okay. To <laughs> set my DVR. Uh, <laughs> I know Sci-Fi Channel does also show Doctor Who. Uh, yeah. They usually get the first run, and then it kind of whittles down to BBC America. And once BBC America gets done with it, then PBS stations get to have their run. Like right now, uh, my local PBS station has once again started showing season two which is the first series with uh, David Tennant as the Doctor. So you can see that it kind of scales down. You get the first run, then you get the second run, and then you finally get the uh, the good old PBS viewing, like the old days back in the 70s and 80s and early 90s. So, so tell one, us about the... Oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. just got one question, yeah. Can yeah. one say this might be the longest-running show on TV? Yes. Uh, as far as science fiction goes, yes. Uh it started in 1963 and went pretty much straight through up until 1989, and then it finally got killed by um, what they call the BBC controller. You would probably call it not so much a president because they're kind of voted into the thing because everything over there is 
different than over here because it's like mandatory PDS over there and everything's run through the government and all that stuff. But the guy in charge of the BBC at the time did not like Doctor Who. He tried to kill it once back in 1985. It didn't work. There was too much of a resurgence, so they brought it back. And it ran for a few more years until 1989 and then finally said, you know what, it's done. And it wasn't until 1996 that we actually got a little bit more of a blip with uh, a hybrid movie done between Fox, Universal, and uh, the BBC. And that gave us the Doctor Who TV movie, which was shown on Fox in May of 1996, which gave us the eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. That was sort of like a backdoor pilot for the show, but it didn't work out in America because it didn't get high enough ratings here, but in England... They had over 10 million viewers, which over there is a very high rating. Anything yeah. over nine million, like a, eight, eight or nine million, is like a high rating to them. So 10 was pretty strong, but it wasn't enough to make it a series here. So that means the show went back into uh, the wilderness land up until 2005, when BBC asked Russell T Davies because they wanted him to come work for him because the shows he was popular for were on different networks, and he said, "Well, I want to bring back Doctor Who," and they were like, "Okay." Have you fun. And ever since then, it's just been a mad, crazy resurgence in Doctor Who, probably bigger than anything else they've ever had, even in its heyday in, like, the uh, 70s and early 80s. So, that's great great that they're making a comeback, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty much reestablished itself as sort of like a British institution. And um, actors that get on there tend to do it because their kids or their nephews, nieces and stuff, pressure them into doing it because it gives them clout that they didn't have before when they were doing Shakespeare on Royal Shakespeare Company. You know, the most esteemed you know, theater group in the in the country of England. Yeah. So I the fan base it, here in... Oh. No, go ahead. I can continue later about that. But yeah, go ahead with your question. Go ahead, Bill. Tell us more. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say right now, David Tennant is currently in two productions with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, he's doing Hamlet, where he is playing the lead role of Hamlet, opposite uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard himself, Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. playing Hamlet's uncle and also the, the spirit of his father, his deceased father. And then they're also doing um, Love's Labor's Lost, where he is playing the role of Baron. So he's doing double duty up until, I think, the end of the month, and then he goes sh- to shoot a film, and then he starts up again on Doctor Who for um, four more specials, because next year there isn't going to be an actual season. They're going to have specials throughout the year. So they're going to have, they have uh, three in 2009, I think they said also one in two, early 2010, before the actual Series 5 in 2010 airs. And it will be his last year in Doctor Who because he announced this week on the National Television Awards, which is like the People's Choice Awards here in America, he announced uh, in his announcement accepting the award for Best Dramatic Actor, Doctor Who, um, saying that he was going to leave after next year. So the Christmas special for this year, the next four that they're going to film starting in January, will be his last in Doctor Who. So it will be the ninth Doctor Who then? Regeneration? No, uh, no, it'll actually be, he's the 10th, so we're going to have the 11th Doctor next. Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's go through the order of Doctors. We have William Hartnell. William Hartnell was the first. Patrick Troughton was the second. 
John Pertwee was the third. Tom Baker, everybody's favorite, pretty much here in the U.S., was the fourth. Second favorite, Peter Davison. He's the fifth doctor. He was also on um, All Creatures Great and Small. He's the guy with the celery on his lapel? Exactly, yes. He played the okay. uh, younger veterinarian in All Creatures Great and Small. The one yes. who always got in trouble. Tristan Farnan was his name. And then we have the uh, sixth doctor, Colin Baker. No relation to Tom, other than just a coincidental last name. Seventh doctor was Sylvester McCoy. Eighth was Paul McGann. Ninth was Christopher Eccleston. And we currently have David Tennant and an unknown person for who might become the 11th doctor. Okay. So that's where we are. And we're essentially got possibly two more doctors left after that, and, and then we might run out because you can only have 13 incarnations of a Time Lord unless the Time Lord's granted him extra regenerations for the last great Time War. But that's another story. Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> we're focused on the, the original 13, and we've got at least two more left after the 11th Doctor comes in. Mercedes, here's a question yeah. for you, Bill. I have a okay. question. Um, there, it's from the chat board. They want to know about the love story between the Doctor and Rose. Uh, I didn't hear that properly. Can you say it again, please? Um, they want to know about the love story between the Doctor and Rose. The Doctor and Rose, uh, that sort of gets settled in Series 4 of the new series. So all I can say, if you haven't watched it, go watch BBC America or go buy the DVD set. That will be coming out, I think, this month, if not uh, early December. But I think it's this month that it comes out here in the U.S. So all I can say is, watch for yourself. It will get resolved. I'm not spoiling it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. So that's 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 my take on it. There is also another question. Uh what about the master? The master? Um again, if you want to know what happened to the master, watch series three. Hey Bill, 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 Bill. Come on. The people are asking questions for a reason. Okay. I know, but the, I know how fans are, and they don't like being spoiled too much. I will say, if you want to know what happens to the Master, he is in Series 3 of the current series. If you want to know what happens to uh, Rose and the Doctor, it is resolved in Series 4. I don't want to give away specifics because not everybody's seen it, and I don't want to be the bad guy and say certain things happened and people will, you know, no longer have the surprise value. A lot of the podcasts <laughs> I listen to, they tend to have either a policy of, saying they have spoilers or they don't have spoilers. So I'm staying spoiler-free for those who don't know what happens. All I will say is these characters and these situations do get resolved to a point. And uh, how and, and how and why, I'm not telling, because that has, you know, if you want to know, you got to find out. So Bill wants to Bill. turn you all into fans of Doctor Who by forcing you to watch every episode <laughs> for new season. Or you can go to outpostgallifrey.com and look at the uh, synopsis for every episode of Doctor Who ever. Then you can spoil yourself that way by reading about it. But it's not the same. What, what it, what it, well, not everybody has the opportunity to sit down and watch it, okay? And that's why they were asking. Um, what What is okay. the... Uh, what is the Web web page website again. Um, Outpost Gallifrey is the website. Its address is Gallifrey One dot com. That's G A L L I F R E Y O N E dot com. 
and you would want to go to the uh, Web Guide to Doctor Who. And that's the section that gives you all the synopsis for all the episodes of Doctor Who, starting in 1963 until present day. Now, there's some good information, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> Not a problem. Speaking all right, we're going to take one. From... One second, everybody. We're going to take a minute. Um, and I have to announce at this time it's we're already beyond halfway through the show. Um, that. Uh, when is it, Mercedes? November 22nd of Saturday. We're going back to the Haunted Mansion in Joliet already. People have reserved spots. We have a few more left. Um, it's going to start at 8 o'clock. The place is a whole different animal at night. We have... we. It affected me the first time at night. The last time we were out there, it affected Janelle, hopefully, and she plans on being there when we go on the 22nd. And Annette, you figure out who, who might have suggested for her to bring a spirit board with her. I think we're going to bring that with. Um, <laughs> um, so we're going to attempt to take things a little deeper on Saturday 22nd. Mercedes, I asked to come out too. She, you know, miss having her involved in what we're doing. Um, Mercedes, you think you'll be able to make it? I'm going to try my hardest because I really want to come. Okay, because this will be the last time we will probably be there at night this year. Okay. Um, also, the Latin American Paranormal Society feel there are people may show up, so we're bringing out the uh, we're bringing out the troops for this one. We already got people signed up, and um, the rest of the stuff I'm doing is basically house parties every weekend, That's besides that one, and then we have uh, maybe something coming in December if I could find a date, because I'm already booked to December, I think it is 13th for house parties, and if I don't say no eventually, somebody's going to strangle me, and Annette knows who that is. So, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, that's where that's at. Okay, back to Annette and Bill and Mercedes. All right, Bill, I was going to ask for you to tell us um, a little bit about the convention that's coming up. I'm sure there's so much going on there. Can you give us an idea of what people can expect when they go? I mean, I personally have never been to a Doctor Who convention or some of the other, you know, I, I think there's probably Star Trek and all kinds of those. Tell us what we can expect when we would go to something, and where is it, when is it, how can we get there, et cetera. Give us the poop. Sorry, I was holding the phone with my phonic screwdriver. Hello, Bill. <laughs> I'm here. I, I was holding the phone with my sonic screwdriver. Uh, I don't know if you're there or not. <laughs> can you give the information and that does ask? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I I was just being silly. Um, the convention will be held in Lombard, Illinois, at the Weston Lombard Yorktown Center. It's right off of Highland Road, just north of I-88. It's pretty easy to get to. So you just get off of I-88, go northbound on Highland, and the, uh, the entire mall complex will be on your right, and you just circle about halfway around, and the hotel will be on the east side of the grounds. And this year, our convention... Guests are 
sixth doctor, Colin Baker. And for the first time in a long time to Chicago area is um, Sarah Jane Smith herself, Elizabeth Sladen, will be our sort of secondary main guest. And then our tertiary level guests are people from involved either behind the scenes on Doctor Who or there's also a range of audio plays produ produced by the company named Big Finish. So there's Doctor Who audio plays featuring actors from the show. There's also spinoffs and stuff of that nature. And we have Nicholas Briggs, who um, people may know his work as uh, the current run of Daleks and Cybermen, Judoon, several other monsters. And so he's the main voice man for a lot of aliens on Doctor Who nowadays. Uh, we will have India Fisher, who um, in the Doctor Who audio series, uh, well known as the companion Charlie to the eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. Uh, Lisa Bowerman, who plays uh, the audio version of the Seventh Doctor companion, known as uh, uh, Professor Bernice Summerfield. And then we also have people involved in Doctor Who itself on TV and in audio. Gary Russell, Paul Cornell, Rob Shearman, and Jason Hay-Gallery. Uh, Gary and Jason started Big Finish together. Gary now has moved on to actually working on Doctor Who behind the scenes. Paul Cornell uh, is a writer. He's written in books and audio, and his his stuff also has been on television. He wrote for Series 1. He wrote uh, Father's Day, which featured Rose and the Doctor going back in time and seeing Rose's father before he died. And he also did the two-part Human Nature and Family of Blood for Series 3. Rob Sherman did... Uh, Series 1 episode named Dalek, which brought back the Daleks. And uh, that's pretty much it as far as the main guests. We all, you know, there's some other, you know, other guests like, you know, various big Finnish writers, producers, uh, you know, other novelists and stuff of that nature. So that's pretty much the main gist. Uh, the, the convention will be held Thanksgiving weekend, so it'll be November 28th through the 30th. <laughs> and you have three days of much tardy sea fun. Um, Bill, is there an ex uh, a fee to go to the conference? Oh, yes. I mean, it can't be free. If it was free, well, it'd be a bigger convention. I don't know. Everybody uh, would go. <laughs> yeah. Right now, you can pre-register through the website. It's chicagotardis.com. That's chicago, T-A-R-D-I-S.com. And the membership rates through November 15th, which you can get through registering online or over the phone or over the fax, uh, all access seating, which is, I believe, pretty much already sold out. That is like the elite top tier where you get front row seats. You get first dibs and all the uh, autographs and photos and a few other special things. That's $350, and that's for all three days. Plus, you get a, a, a contributor's party, which is, Thursday night, right before the convention. So everybody who is all access and also has uh, reserved seating, they get to have a little pre-con party. <coughs> so, and I used to be involved in those. Those were quite fun. You get to mingle with the guests before the actual convention starts, so you can get some of your stuff done and not have to worry about the crowds later in the weekend. Reserved seating, which is um, limited to uh, the first two to five rows, uh, in each sector, that's $135, and you also get the Thursday night party with guests, and plus a you know couple little extra things here and there. 
Mm-hmm. If the next one is the whole weekend, right now is $75. And if you just want to go for one day, that's $35. Oh, Children affordable for somebody who's just getting their feet wet. Good. Exactly. And like I said, that's that's right up until the middle of the month. Children 6 to 10 are $25 for the whole weekend. And if they're under 6, they get in free. So if you've got little uh, baby Davroses going around in their, uh, you know, their little carts, you know, they can go around trying to exterminate anybody they want for no fee whatsoever. Okay, do the exterminate voice. Exterminate. <laughs> uh, I got a question. I got a question though. Is there going to be any like uh, uh, setups there, or, like um, sets or anything like that, as far as? Um, no, I mean, we we really don't have any actual sets or anything from the actual show since it's from England and it would cost me too much yeah. and be a, too much of a hassle. Yeah. Uh, but um, in the past, uh, one of the one of the guys who helped at the con, he has brought in his own TARDIS and his own, uh, you know, console room walls that were set up on a stage. I don't know if he's still doing that now because he kind of moved further away, and it's more of a travel for him to transport that stuff. But in years past, there was at least a TARDIS there and console room walls on the stage. And the main guy who runs the convention, his name is Gene Smith, he also has his own Dalek, so you'll at least see a Dalek there, too. Cool. (laughs) What is a Dalek, could I ask? Uh, Is a, um, I guess you can say is a mutated being. Used to be humanoid, but after a nuclear war, um, their DNA kind of changed all of it because of it. And in order to make sure they continued living, they made these, um, I guess you can call this um, motorized enclosure battle machine. And the Dalek is encased within this battle machine casing. And everybody just sees the Dalek on the outside as this, they always like to refer to it as an inverted pepper pot with an ice dock and a uh, plunger on one arm and a gun on another, and that was pretty much what a Dalek is. So if you want to look up a Dalek, just type in the word, and you'll see all kinds of Daleks to your heart's content. And, and of course... You have to remember that Doctor Who was a little bit low budget when he first started out. Exactly. Yeah, he's come a long way. Now, the new Doctor is much more uh, up-to-date in effects and so forth. Oh, yeah, they don't rattle around as much, and you don't see them tilt on bumps in the road and stuff like that. You know, so back in the day, the budget for Doctor Who, he, throughout its main run from 1963 to, to 1986, was considered low budget by our standards. Right. And that's just because the BBC were cheap suckers. So even when they did invest more technology and more money into the show, it would help in the beginning, but as things progressed here in the States versus England, we would look kind of silly compared to the Star Trek, Star Wars, and stuff of that nature that was coming out in the late 70s and 80s. Basically, you know, once Star Wars came out, Doctor Who had a hard time competing here overseas because we were seen as more of that silly British show with the guy in the scarf, so on and so forth. So old Doctor Who is kind of considered more of the kind of clunky, archaic, you know, wobbly set type of thing, whereas now the current series is much more modern, it is much cleaner and, you know, not as not quite as archaic as the old show because it can't be like that. It has to be Star Trek-like in its uh, production values. 
And needless to say, you're going to be there at the convention, right? I don't know. It depends on how finances go. But I used to, yeah, I used to actually help out at the convention when I did go there. I used to uh, run the soundboard. So I was at a lot of the panels making sure everybody could hear the guests on stage and whatnot. And I would also help in other capacities when needed. So I, I've always been, a, you know, a supporter of the con. Even if I'm not able to be there, I still mm-hmm. promote and I tell people, listen, there's this Doctor Who convention in Chicago. Go to it. I may not yeah. be able to go, but you can go. And, you know, they're all good people up there. Uh, there is a Doctor Who fan club in Chicago. And ironically, they're not too far away from where the hotel is. They uh, meet over in Wheaton, Illinois. They are known as the Chronicles of Who. And you can go to their website at chroniclesofwho.org. And they also help run the convention, too. Now, does that, does this convention only come to Chicago, or does it go to other locations, too, in the state? Well, um, as far as it being, uh, this is a Chicago-only convention. Uh, there are other conventions around the country that do feature Doctor Who guests. Um, the New England Fan Experience will also be having a Doctor Who guest. Uh, actually, I think it's the weekend before Chicago Targets. I think it's the 21st to the 23rd. And that's going to be held in Boston, Massachusetts. And their Doctor Who guest will be Fifth Doctor Peter Davison. And over in Los Angeles, uh, the convention out there is called uh, the Gallifrey Convention, or Gallifrey One, which is also the website where the Doctor Who news is. And I mentioned that page earlier being GallifreyOne.com. And their guests are going to be um, former producer for the current series, Phil Collinson, uh, companion to the sixth Doctor, Nicola Bryant, who uh, played Perry, with the uh, late fifth Doctor and sixth Doctors. Uh, Gareth David Lloyd, who um, plays uh, uh, Yanto on the Doctor Who spinoff Torchwood. And we should mention the spinoffs later, too. That's, that's an important key of the current series is the spinoffs. Uh, Graham Harper, who is a director for both old series and new series. So he's bridged the gap between old and new Doctor Who. Um, other guests are Phil Ford, James Moran, Keith Temple, Rob Shearman, Paul Cornell, Gary Russell, Tony Lee, and Toby Haddock. And most of those are writers either in books, uh, audio, and television for the show. And Toby Haddock, um, in England, he's an actor, and he does this one-man stage play where he basically goes throughout his entire life from the perspective of being a Doctor Who fan and how he did things and how people reacted to him and to the show during his you know, entire life. So he pretty much spans the whole gamut of 70s, 80s, 90s, and today as far as growing up as a Doctor Who fan and how life as a Doctor Who fan went for him. And it's a pretty funny show. It's available on CD or online download through like iTunes and venues of that nature. And that's going to be fed. This is in Los Angeles. This is at the Los Angeles Airport Marriott, February 13th through the 15th of next year. This is actually okay. bigger than I even thought, you know, the Doctor Who thing. Uh, but, you know, that's why. Well, because it's making a comeback here in the States, you know, and it's starting to catch on again. Because back in the day when Tom Baker was Doctor Who, oh, my goodness, every, you know, pre-adolescent kid was running around dressing up like the Doctor and, you know, exterminate and the whole thing. So <laughs> it was huge back in the day. 
Yeah, yes, exactly. I mean, I got into it uh, in 1989. I caught an episode by chance, and it happened to be a Tom Baker episode. And I'm like, who's this kooky guy with the afro and this extremely long scarf? Because I want to watch this because I like the scarf. So I watched it because well, okay, now Bill, I, I don't want to I don't want to cut off your cool story, but tell us what the scarf means because it's so cool. The scarf? Yeah. Uh, how, how did doctor How did doctor get it? And what does oh, it mean? Uh, well, I don't know about what it means so much as he claims he got it from a witty little knitter, uh, knitter known as uh, Madame Nostradamus, aka Nostradamus's wife. So he and that was uh, he mentioned that in his second story. After he had oh, a wait, but she part. she knitted it. Yes. She okay. had him and when you un- Okay, well, I, what I remember was that she knit it so that when you unraveled it, it would be um, somehow the key to unraveling the universe. I don't think it was ever explained like that. He just, oh, my gosh, maybe we got that from the books then. Because my mother knitted the scarf for my brother, and she had to follow, the, he forced her to follow the exact key with the colors and the amount of stitches and so forth. Yep, yep. So when it was unraveled, it would be like the key to the universe. That's how I recall it. That is probably I still have how the scarf that she Yeah, it's probably how they explained it in the uh, Doctor Who, you know, the Doctor Who costuming guide or whatever they had back in the 80s to explain what the scarf represented. But no, it was never, it was never gone into that much deep detail back in the show. I mean, come to the end of the scarf front. Oh, that's it. At at the end of the scarf Oh, you go first. I was going to say, didn't he unravel it finally? Yes, the fifth doctor, uh, after his regeneration went a little bit wonky, he uh, unraveled the uh, scarf to basically try and keep his path within the corridors of the TARDIS because he was a little bit in and out as far as where he was uh, in his personality. And that's pretty much how the scarf died, at least that scarf. He had Tom Baker had several scarves, and I could go on and on about that because I have the uh, website known as the History of Tom Baker Scarves website. If you ever <laughs> want to know about all the different scarves, all the variations, look me up on there, just History of Doctor Who Scarves. Or you can go to uh, 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 another guy who does a scarf website. His name is Chris Brimelow. It's DrWhoScarf.com. That's his website, and he knits his own scarves too, and he has pictures, and it's very excellent. He even got in contact with Tom Baker's original multicolored scarf. So if you want pictures of that, it's on there too. So, Bill. Uh, Bill, the scarf. Bill, I would like this. We only got a few minutes left, and I would okay. like to... Uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, no problem. And it was a it was a good plug. Needless to say, when I said you were an expert on Doctor Who, you pretty much proved it. And uh, happy to have you on tonight. And uh, Annette, I think we're going to have Bill on one of the nights we do our conspiracy stuff again because uh, he's got his own uh, his own uh, take on that. So. Uh, Awesome. I have one more question. I have one more question for oh, Bill okay. before he goes away. Are you as a big a fan of any other show besides Doctor Who? Mm. Or, or you know, a, a close I would say second. Doctor Doctor Who is like my first religion, so that's right. like the main the main tier. My second religion right now seems to be uh, this is going to be a complete 180 from Doctor Who. It's another British show called Top Gear, which is about oh. cars. If you happen to get BBC America, it's on Monday nights, 
watch Top Gear. It is freaking hilarious. You got these three guys, Jeremy, Richard, and James, and they talk about cars that they do weird stunts. They have celebrities come in, do laps around their track to get times to see what celebrity can beat what other celebrity, and it's uh, it's an entertainment show, but yet it has some factual stuff to it. And even if you don't like cars, that's fine. It's still funny. Okay, okay. they took a, <laughs> I, I could go more fun than that. They took a Mini Cooper and had it go down as, uh, you know, like a ski jump. And I'll leave it cool. there at that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Bill, thanks again. And no uh, we'll have you on when we, uh, if we get David come back on, when we go into probably after the election, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> conspiracies. Okay. So. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks All right. a lot, Bill. I'm taking Good night, off. Bill. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's the artist taking off. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you wanted to know about Doctor Who, and we're afraid. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I see you listen. You watch the show a lot too, huh, Nick? So. Did I? No, you oh, do. Back you in, did. Oh, back yeah. in the day. Oh, it was a staple. You couldn't oh. get another cool show like that anywhere. No. <laughs> yeah, that was. A, I think that was a Sunday night, and you had to be up till ten o'clock. And my mom used to yell at us, "Oh, you're going to be too tired for school in the morning." But she she let us because it was clean. You know, it was just crazy sci-fi, and mm-hmm. we all had a ball with it. Oh, my brother Danny, the one who's passed now, he yeah. was the one who was just a crazy nut in our family and just infected all the rest of us with Doctor Who. My mother even would sit and watch him with us after a while. <laughs> So he he made us into fans. Mercedes, let's yes. get let's get Mercedes out here a little. Uh, you said you had uh, some uh, interesting things go on this weekend, huh? Or this week? Uh, it was the whole week I, from before Halloween started until today, until like five minutes before the show started. I swear <laughs> I have done almost everything you could possibly do in a week. It, it was crazy. I've done talks at Barnes & Noble. Um, I went and I saw Wicked on Sunday. Ooh. Yeah, we went for our anniversary on Sunday. Um, we ate at a restaurant, set the floors up um, in Chicago, on the top of one of the buildings in Chicago. Um, let's see. There, I went to an awesome Halloween party at the Blue Monkey in... Um, Crown Point, Indiana. It was an awesome place. It's a new bar. It was just great. We had our own um, Halloween party that we have every year for the Ghost Trackers. That was great. Um, the kids' birthdays. Uh, I, I had a very full week. I don't know. I don't know. I was in a. I was in a, uh, um, a haunted house at an old at the old jail museum in Valpo, in Indiana. Um, so that's why my voice sounds like this. I was in a dark Yeah, she probably wanted a spoof. <laughs> on that, so. Yeah. I was, in a, I was in a dark basement for like three hours with one of my sons, and he had actually had his first paranormal experience down there. Um, it was awesome. He, he doesn't know what that was, but it was. And um, But we had an awesome – it was just a crazy, crazy weekend. I, I've been everywhere. I, tonight I spent the whole night playing uh, Guitar Hero with my son because today was his birthday, so we bought him Guitar Hero. 
I played guitar were you, day. were you jumping on the couch playing the guitar or what? I I did, but we also had the microphone for it. Oh, so, so you were, we were singing too? Oh, yeah. I was singing like this. So <laughs> <laughs> it sounded just awesome. <laughs> it was great. So I'm I'm a little tired. I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. I'm so tired. <laughs> but... Yeah. Oh, off work. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to, but I've been on vacation also okay. for the last week, so I have to go back to work. You need to go back to work just to have a vacation from the vacation. <laughs> I do, totally, totally. Oh, my God. I uh, Without that vacation, I wouldn't have been able to do any of the stuff I wanted to do. So, But I had an awesome, awesome weekend, or awesome week, actually. So it was good. It was a good time. I don't know if you guys were that busy for the last week, but I was. <laughs> we won't talk about my weekend. Annette, how was your... <laughs> how... Annette, did your uh, thing with the kids turn out well, the, the uh, walk around we the house? Ha- yeah, uh, a week ago Sunday we had uh, a haunted spooky trail and a party for our mom's club kids, and oh, it turned out so great. You know, pretty much everybody is between the ages of two and five and we had all the kids going around my big old house and some of the parents were dressed up in different costumes one was a mad scientist one was a creepy spider lady Um, my husband Greg dressed up as a dragon with a smoke machine and we had a troll up in the clubhouse and they had I was the witch of the haunted hill and they had to help me get back all my lost items so I would share the Halloween presents and stuff with them at the end and uh but when they get, they helped me get all my gear, my wand, my hat, my cape, my broom, and everything. And then I said, okay. And abracadabra, the p- pumpkin pinata was, the spell was broken as the kids smashed it, and out came all the good stuff. They had a ball. <laughs> Aww, it it so was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was just age appropriate enough where you know, and we were in the dark with flashlights and you know glow sticks. And it was it was just right. I, I was so pleased with how it turned out. Cool, cool. And then we had, um, well, we we went um, with friends. You know, where our house is, there's not a neighborhood. So it's the only time of the year when I wish we lived in a neighborhood because there's no trick-or-treating here. So we went and did a hayride um, throughout Valparaiso with some friends of ours who live in the neighborhood over there. And it was a ball. The kids had a great time there, too. So it worked out good. My little Batman and Spider-Man had a good time. I'd like to mention that um, possibly in two weeks, our next show, I'm going to try to get a demonologist on the show. Um, should be interesting if I could get him. He said, yeah, and that it's not the individual that I mentioned to you before, this guy okay. I kind of <clears throat> respect, let's put it that way. Um, also, we talked about the haunted, um, the haunted, uh, what was it, the haunted mansion in Joliet. For information on that, just go to theunexplainedworld.com, go into the events section. That'll take you to a link to haunted historic locations, and that'll tell you all about it November 22nd. we got less than uh, 50 seconds left. Listeners, thank you tonight. Bill, thank you for coming in, showing your expertise on Doctor Who. Annette, thank you, because otherwise <laughs> I wouldn't know where to go. So, um, with the subject, oh, Bill would have known what to say. <laughs> Sounds like he's got it down. Yeah, and uh, Mercedes, 
Thanks again. Yeah. Hopefully the voice gets good. Yeah, and that okay. I'll call you. I said it'll get better, thanks. <laughs> and hopefully we'll see you out at the mansion. We got 14 seconds left. Listeners, people on chat, thank you very much. Annette, thank you again. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a call Let in a couple minutes. Good night. All right. Chatters, good night, and see you in two weeks.